Welcome to With Heart and Wonder. This is a place for us to explore heart-centered living and to celebrate what it means to live with wonder, with awe and appreciation for the possibilities that are within us and around us. I'm Megan Johnston, and I am truly so honored and excited that you are here. Let's dive in and journey together. Welcome to episode 34. I'm so excited today to introduce you to my friend, Sherry. We talk in this episode about her journey from this kind of feeling of being fragmented to one of wholeness, where she felt that pieces of her life come together. We'll talk in conjunction with that about tapping into your intuitive capacities. You're going to want to stick around till the end of the episode because we've got a special giveaway for you. Sherry, I am so, so excited to have you here today. Um, it's been such a blessing to have the opportunity to get to know you a little more over this last season of life, and I am just so honored to have you on the podcast, and I'm really excited to, to chat today about your journey and this beautiful message that you have around having the right tools at the right time and how that can really help us come home to our wholeness and honor all of the pieces of ourselves as as we embrace on this this journey of life that we are on. And so I thought we could start today by talking a little bit about your journey. And I think like so many of us, your story is one where there is kind of this experience of of moving away from your true self and and in this case like your connection with spirit and then reclaiming and refinding that and so I'd love for you to share whatever whatever is on your heart today. Hi Megan it's such a honor to be here and to sit in your light today so thank you so much for having me and my journey is interesting because I started it started when I was quite young I grew up in a religious home um, well, religious religion focused home, I should say. Um, and I was this like very like fairy like child with like imaginary friends and the whole bit. And um, there started to be this like divide between like who I was and what was expected of me. And so slowly but surely I started to kind of defract, I guess you could say, you know, the pieces of me started to, um, to, to divide. And so I was pleasing, you know, this school, this parent, um, you know, and, and it just created these divides, these divides until one point I kind of just lost who I was. And that started at a very young age. And so, um, but it, it, it continually caused me problems. So I was this dreamer child in a religious school that was quite strict. I was in a strict home again, as a dreamer child, I loved creativity, but I couldn't quite express it the way I wanted to, because it was often judged. Um, even my, the, you know, the, the friend circles I grew up in or the, you know, the peer groups um, didn't quite understand me. So I started to like tune out those magical, we'll say, components of myself and really start to like um, please everybody around me just to fit in. And so um, that continued on and on until it got to the point where I was so disconnected that I just continually fed that. So then I got into heavier things like addictions, a nightlife scene, which I started at like the age of 14 because I was obsessed with music. 
and that feeling of being on a dance floor and, and um, that freedom that came with it because ultimately my soul started to seek that, right? So I was finding it in different places and snippets, but not necessarily places that served me. So fast forward <laughs> and now we're, um, you know, let's say past school uh, in my 20s or 30s and I'm still leading this lifestyle. I'm still looking for freedom. But what's happening now is I'm starting to like defragment a little bit more in a way that, you know, is more of a mental health. Um, which, which is something that I dealt with even from a very young age. You know, I hit depression at the age of 13 and 14 very seriously. Um, anxiety started in my 20s. And, you know, I attributed a lot to this disconnection that happened at a very young age. So then the mental health component started to come in. So I was, you know, dealing with mental health. I was dealing with the fact that I didn't quite, I wasn't quite aligned with who I am. Um, the religious components uh, pulled me so far away from my spirit because I felt it was like way too patriarchal, way too restrictive. So uh, I pulled away so far away from that. And here I am just like looking for freedom in places that maybe it didn't serve me so much, <laughs> aka, you know, in the nightclub scene, which I spent many years in. But, you know, I often read about... Um, you know, these moments that empaths have on dance floors, for instance, where it's the, it's these epic moments where they really connect with their heart and feel free. So I used to have that quite a bit. So it was these moments where I was like, ah, freedom, ah, community. You know, I, I connected to a community, which has always been very nourishing for me. And then I hit some dark nights of the soul. <laughs> so um, I hit my first one, I think, I was in my 20s, my late 20s. And then the second one I hit, it was in my mid 30s. And when I say dark nights of the soul, I mean like full breakdowns. And it was funny because it was as the pieces were starting to come together. So, you know, people coming to me and offering me books on the law of attraction and the secret. I had um, family members that were you know, I'll call my witchier family members, <laughs> um, would come to me. Like I have an aunt who would sit me down and say like, this lifestyle isn't good for you, but you're, you're, you're full of magic. I can see it. I just need you to see it. So all these little seeds were starting to be planted. And often when you plant seeds like that, it can create a, a crash, especially if you're not hearing it. You're not hearing what the messages are for you and you're not creating that new alignment right away you know sometimes it can create this dark night of the soul so you can rebuild right so i was lucky enough to have two <laughs> and from that rebuild i started to re recognize the ability to call in the right things at the right time so they look different in different, you know, at different times. So it was sometimes it was a teacher that came in at the right time, but I was okay. I was ready to hear the message. Sometimes it was a therapist that came in at the right time. Sometimes it was a practice. Yoga showed up at the time I needed it to. Learning about the chakra system, you know, the energetic body showed up when it needed to. So all these things started to show up as I was starting to try to let go of this old life and connect me back to spirit. 
So it was quite a long journey, you know, I'm paraphrasing it, you know, taking 30 years and I'm paraphrasing it quite, you know, for, for the sake of this discussion, but it was, it's, when you look back, it's so cool to see how, you know, the letting go of one thing made space for these new pieces to come in. And then as the right tools came in, my journey was empowered and I started to see the connections between them. And so that's when the healing could begin. That's the, that was my journey. So I, I can say that I, you know, I feel a sense of wholeness now that I, I didn't feel for a good part of my life from, from this, from the tools in this journey. Thank you so much for sharing. I am, um, I think there's so many pieces of that, that even though all of our journeys look so uniquely, beautifully different. But this idea of like people pleasing, I think a lot of people can relate to. And also the idea of kind of like um, when things aren't aligned, like this kind of desire to kind of like escape or like numb ourselves or like kind of like forget the wisdom of the body. Um, Like that shows up for so many people in different ways. And I think that's like so one of the reasons that any kind of like healing embodied like somatic focused practice can like can be really scary but also incredibly (laughs) transformative people like that coming back to to the wholeness like to all of our layers um Mm -hmm. yeah I I, oh sorry I have to say too like when I I had a therapist so I had a complete body disconnection so mm -hmm. speaking to that By the time I hit my second dark night of the soul, I was completely disconnected from my body. And I started seeing a new therapist who actually specialized in somatics. And I remember the the first time before I even walked into her office, I was like shaking and in tears because I knew she was going to like, I knew intuitively that that's the work we were going to do. And she was going to bring me into my body. And it was the most terrifying thing I'd ever ever encountered on my journey, but also the best work I'd ever done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. And, and like that is so often how it is, right. That like the, the parts of our journey that are most like deeply, deeply nourishing and transformative can sometimes be the scariest ones because it's, it's like a reclaiming of, of a part of ourselves that we may have for really good reason in like our our like body's desire and, and mind and heart's desire to protect ourselves. We may have like put up those walls and bringing down those walls is is so, so liberating, but it's like, it's a process, right? And it's like a sticky, gritty like process and we can try and bring as much compassion and love to it, but, um, but it, it, it can kind of shake us a little bit. Yeah, I am. And I know that like it's been a really interesting last little while for you, this season of life that you're currently in. um, Mm -hmm. I know that you you've kind of experienced burnout and during this like period of burnout have also been in the process at the same time of of creation and of building something new. And I would love if we could talk a little bit about what that's been like to be in a space of healing and and deep care for yourself but also a space of of creation yeah of course so to preface that in in all fairness the reason i can be in this space is because all of all the work that i had done before 
So I had built a tremendous foundation for me to be able to hold myself in this space and trust. So right before um, the pandemic hit, I actually had gone on stress leave um, from my job because I had hit the hardest stress wall. So complete burnout basically uh, right before, literally right before. And I'd been called into it for the couple of months before. I would say it started this time last year. I was reflecting on it this week. So this time last year, I had gone away on travel for travels and I came back and it was the first time that I came back and I didn't feel excited. Like usually you feel refreshed and you're good. You traveled, you went on vacation, you had an adventure, you come back, you're like, okay, I can tackle life again. And it was the first time that I couldn't. And it just started to deplete me and deplete me more and more. So, and then my, my mom got sick and she was in the hospital for four months and, 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 you know, so it was all the, it was this like, you know, snowball effect that was happening. And in that time I was like, I need change. So it's like when you hit that change collision, you know, things just start to like, you know, things start to break down. So it's not just about burnout sometimes and lifestyle. Sometimes if you're calling in the new thing, of course, the other things need to, to start to dismantle, right? Make space. And, yeah. And that's it. So it's that whole notion of making space again, right? So again, like I talked about with the dark night of the soul, it was like that weaving together of this new kind of started to dismantle the old. So that's what's happening again here. So uh, I started to think in the direction of where do I want to go? And in the meantime, my mental health was taking a total beating and I, and I hit this like burnout and it was my therapist that looked at me and she was like, I just need you to know, like you've burnt out. This is a thing. Cause I'm, you know, sitting on her couch in just tears. And then I went to my doctor and I just started to bawl, you know, and I'd sit on a street corner and I'd be crying. I was like, Oh, I've seen this in the movies. I know what this is, you know, but it doesn't occur to you until you're in it. So just to say like, there was a very strong foundation built. There's this dismantling happening and then COVID hit, but I was already working in the direction of where do I need to be and where do I need to go? So I'd already enlisted um, the help of, of my coach, Lana, before, like the month before I had this, you know, these intuitive hits, it's time to do this. You know, I had finished a couple of trainings, like my Reiki one and two, because I was like really, really strongly called to it. Like my guides were like, get on this now. And I was like, okay, I don't even have time or the strength, but I'm going to do it. So I had put all these pieces into place intuitively, not even knowing why per se. And then the, and then the pandemic hit. So I was in this unique position because then my job actually was, was, you know, terminated and I was at home and I had this unique opportunity to say, okay, I can go into total, you know, meltdown, which don't get me wrong. There was a lot of healing and the adjustment to our new life, which we're all in and being an empath in the early stages of the pandemic was not easy because we were extra sensitive to the, the, the new, the new vibrations we'll say of fear, the fear consciousness that was showing up. But throughout all of that, I was very clear about where I needed to go. And it was time for me to be in service with my gifts. So I had this like very clear North star of, I'm not sure what my exactly I need to do in service, but I know it's happening. So I'm just going to keep going with what my intuition is telling me to do. 
And throughout that and having the coaching support, I could just keep my blinders on and keep moving in the direction. So I was healing the burnout. I'm still healing from it, to be very honest. I'm six months and I'm still healing from it. But in the early stages, it was like, <laughs> you know, if my dog, if my dog barked the wrong way, I could cry. Like it was so, you know, it was so such a sensitive time. Now it's, I have, I've built some resilience, but uh, um, I definitely kept my eye on the North Star and knew in my heart I had to be in service. So um, I had this very clear directive. So it was just a matter of trusting in it and trusting in the growth I needed to create to get there while healing burnout. So learning, you know, so, so we're talking about the cycles, you know, diving into this whole notion of, of, of um, connecting to our natural cycles, which as the pandemic started, the only intuitive message I kept getting over and over, not the only, but the main one was, we need to reconnect to nature, to, our, to nature's rhythms. I just kept hearing it over and over and over. I'm like, okay, cool. So the moon and stuff. And, and then I was like, no, actually digging back, you know, from studies from many years ago and, and from a workshop I, I did with a partner many years ago, I was like, oh, right. There's the um, hormonal cycles also. So that's when I started to dig into that stuff and found that as a healing tool as well yeah so that's like the long story short and i'm going to tell you another little i'm a bit of a storyteller so i'm going to tell you something that came up this week please yeah so um the first time i learned about the cycles as seasons or you know there's the the there's the cycle the hormonal cycle so that that we go through it's the four week cycle the infradium rhythm it's called it's a 28 day cycle um, I learned about it the first time after my first, what I call warning shot that my body gave me that I was under too much stress. Okay. About four, three years ago. And ironically, it's with Amanda Coburn and I from GEM conference. We've, you know, we've been, we've been uh, making things together for a long time. And we were creating an event called Pitch Party at the time when I was running Makerspace North. And it was a pitch event for makers. And in that week, I was so okay. I was running my full-time job, which was quite stressful, creating this event. And then I had this yoga workshop day I had created with another partner all in the same week. And that the day before my events, I ended up in the hospital. <laughs> because oh my gosh. My, yes. <laughs> because my stomach couldn't handle the stress. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So I was in like severe pain, all the stuff. And um, I, I almost fainted at work. So they called 911 and off I went in my, in my very high heels and, <laughs> you know, work outfit. I'll never forget. That it was like over the knee high heel boots. I ended up in the, in the ER. <laughs> Everybody was commenting on them. But uh, <laughs> It was really a riot, but, and, and my leather, my leather leggings, like it was a riot, but um, I, you know, so that was the day, the, that day, but I didn't have time to heal because I had an event the next day. Yeah. And then I had one that weekend, but that weekend was the weekend I discovered through my co-lead on the workshop, this site, the cyclical gift. 
So it actually started that many years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I think there's like, I was thinking a lot actually, as you were talking about kind of like the seeds that are planted and how, um, how they don't necessarily get like nurtured and grow within us right away, but that there is this period sometimes of us needing that seed to be planted, but for us to come back to it at, at a later time. Um, and I think like, like oftentimes I think about this, sometimes I go in and teach breathing exercises to, to kind of groups that maybe aren't as receptive to like yoga and meditation. And it's like their first experience. And, um, and I often think about how like perhaps that person isn't going to walk away and start like doing calming breathing exercises every day to like regulate their nervous system but it's like a seed that's planted for like one day when they are ready to explore that resource and even in my own life I can think of like little things that were planted that it took me a little while to come back to and and in some ways I think this like speaks a little bit to this idea of this like this kind of um theme that you speak so beautifully about about having like the right tools at the right time and that sometimes those tools are things we've been introduced to before but almost like that story of of you and your aunt like you have to come to a place where you're ready to hear it like ready to hear that like oh yes there is magic inside of you Sherry and like now you're ready to hear it um I would so love to like talk a little bit about like for you in your life, like if you have some examples or stories, I mean, you just gave us a great one of the cycles, but um, even in this moment in time right now, like what have some of the tools been that have been supporting you in this kind of journey back to your wholeness and like really into your power and potential and radiance? Oh boy. Okay. It's a mixture. And this is something that I emphasize for everybody. Because when I first started this idea, this notion of having a practice, I was in my yoga teacher, my first yoga teacher training, my 200 hour. And my teacher, I had this. So let me go back for a second. I always had this very loud, intuitive call when it came to yoga, that it was more than say like the Ashtanga version of yoga, where it was a very, um, uh, like it was a very specific order of sequence, like sequence practice. And I would often, but I grew up in an Ashtanga based school, I guess you can say. So I often went to practices like that and I just delved in, even though I have a curvy body and it often felt very counterintuitive. So I could never bind to save my life. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was like, how am I going to get it around all this? Right? Yeah. <laughs> I've been experiencing that lately. <laughs> I'll never forget. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm such a storyteller. I know. I love it. Please. I was at Santosha Yoga and I was doing this like Mysore like five day a month for the summer intensive morning practice thing. Okay. I was, I was very dedicated, but there was, there was always like this piece missing for me, but so I would try everything and this was my school and I loved it. So this one day I was in class and we're going into like, you know, the standing twists and um, in the beginning of the, you know, primary series. 
And my teacher turns around and looks at me, his name is David, as I'm like literally like lifting my boobs. <laughs> so I can like get into the twist, you know, into like the prayer hand, you know, part of the twist. And he just looked at me and he's like, and he was like, he kept commenting, but he looked and I looked at him and we both laughed and he just said, and do whatever you need to do to adjust to get into the pose, you know? That's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh my goodness. Anyway, getting back to it. So I would often ask my teachers, so how do I practice at home? I know that there's people that practice at home. How do I practice at home more? And they would say, well, do the primary series. And I was like, mm, it feels like there's something missing here for me. Like it feels, it doesn't feel prescriptive enough. And so I continued searching and seeking for the answers to this until I came to my teachers. And my teachers teach in a Tantra, Hatha Ayurveda, lineage-based school of teaching yoga. So that's how I entered into my YTT was in that school. But I remember my teacher walking in to class one day, um, Roxanne Jolie, who's amazing. And she says, okay, if anybody wants a morning practice, because they really emphasize your, your, you know, powering up your mornings. And I was like, first, my hand was up first, because I was like, this is what I've been waiting for, a person to say, how can I serve your life and what you need now, whether it's like, you know, emotionally, where I need to go in my life, what I need to heal. And she walked in and gave me that gift right away. So then I, she, she gave me a practice and it was around heart, you know, heart healing. It was a specific meditation and among a couple of other things to do to prep for it. And I did it for the better part of a year. This is not a slow process. You know, these practices take time and I did it for the better part of a year. And it was like the biggest gift I'd ever seen because I actually saw the unfolding. And then I started to study other things. So recognizing yoga is not for everybody. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are like, mm-mm, yoga. And so uh, I definitely delved into, you know, you know, they call it like the modern mystical tools as well. And they complement each other so nicely. So of course there's tarot and I mean, I don't, I don't, uh, what else? There's tarot and there's energy work and, um, all these things helped and served my journey too. So I saw firsthand how, how the, all these things woven together, you know, at the right time, really propel your journey in a way that not, you know, that, that is, is so powerful. So uh, I started to adopt different things because I was very like staunch yoga for so long. I'm like, this is a complete practice. Why do you need anything else? And I was like, not everybody, not everybody relates to it. And, you know, it's a physical practice. And it's, you know, there's a, there's an ableist perspective to that as well that I definitely come to honor. So it's like, okay, so if, if you can't work with energetically through energetics through movement, well, maybe it's crystals, or maybe it's, you know, Reiki, and, but it's whatever suits your body, where you are, you know, 
physically, mentally at that time, there's just such a plethora of tools out there. But it, for me, it started in yoga and it continues yoga, <laughs> yoga for life. <laughs> <laughs> I would love for you to share a little bit more just about, you know, having been in this space where you've been able to find the tools and and at the right time for yourself to bring you deeper into yourself and to take all of the different pieces of yourself Mm -hmm. and come home to your wholeness. What does that now look like as you are starting to show up and serve others to, to do the same thing, to take the different pieces of themselves and, and to bring it all together? Okay. So that's really interesting because that journey started quite a while ago and I was doing a workshop in Seattle with Rod Stryker. Okay. Yeah, I was doing the, it's called The Four Desires. Um, He has a book and he runs a workshop as well. So I flew to Seattle. It was actually my birthday four years ago, I believe. So it's kind of cool because we're in that space again in that time of year. And I gifted that to myself. So I flew it to Seattle and I did this workshop. And what it does is it unearths the, that core piece that holds you back from your wholeness and the, the process of the four desires. So the first piece is what is it that you're afraid to walk into and what's holding you back kind of thing. And I remember the day we had to uncover it. It was that I was afraid to shine. That was what was keeping me from my wholeness. And it was like, I'd never had such an emotional moment because I was like, you're right, I'm terrified. So healing the, and, and I see this a lot, you know, with people I work with and so on and so forth, you know, this, this um, our, our capacity, you know, our, you know, the fear of, of showing up, the fear of standing in our worth, um, all these things, you know, the fear of, of, of sharing and being judged and the vulnerability and so on and so forth. Um, that's what kept me personally from my wholeness, but I unearthed it like that four years ago. And then through that process, we create what's called like a Dharma code. And it's kind of like our life path code. And I went to sleep that night and in my dreams, the, 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 the term, the, the sentence, I am complete came up. Like it was like gifted to me in my, you know, by my spirit guides, I am complete. So it was part of my Dharma code all these years that I repeat every day. So fast forward now, four years later, where the work is coming to fruition. And I started to recognize that like, there's this big, broad world of tools out there and but if you can like hone in on what works for you you start to bring your pieces together and this works for you professionally and it works for you personally which is kind of like the sweet and spiritually i should say which is kind of where my sweet spot is and like when i'm in service to people now because i wove together and brought all the pieces together in myself i did the journey so i can see where the pieces need to come together So that's where I'm at now. So say right before um, I discovered like what, how I want to show up in service, my biggest question was, I have all these things. What do I do with them? Yeah. I've studied this and I've studied this. I've studied this and I've studied this. And believe me, you know, I'm facing a lot of people in my work now 
saying, Sherry, what do I do? I have all these pieces. And I'm like, I know what to do now <laughs> because I've gone through it. Right. And, uh, you know, there's often that saying, you know, you have to peel it to teach it. Yeah. You know, and so my therapist and I, that was like our, our mantra together. Got to heal it to teach it. And so this is where I'm at. I did the work and I brought my pieces together. And I'll tell you, the first day I sat down with my first therapist after that dark, you know, the big dark night in my 30s, right? She looked at me and she was like, okay, so Sherry, if I were to say you were like a ball, <laughs> this is what she like drew it out for me. I'm very visual. She's like, you have a lot of pieces missing. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, so our job is to make Sherry complete again. And so my, we'll say signs from the universe, the intuitive hits and the, the, the things that my guide sent me, that was the messaging that I was getting over and over again. I was tuned into that. And it was, so I had this visual of like me coming back as this like whole circle, you know, and that's where I can say I am now because I worked with, say, intention with the Dharma code. So that was kind of like my north, personal North Star along this journey. And then I started to create what I called like the professional North Star, like, you know, building the compass that is that. So once you create clarity and awareness and you have the right tools in the place, um, you can really move towards wholeness and whether it's a statement or an intention or whatever it is, or like the clarity of where you need to go, we'll, we'll glue the pieces together. You know, that's so beautiful. <laughs> and I wonder as we kind of move towards wrapping up together, like if you have any advice for someone who is listening and like, yes, I resonate with this. I'm trying to put the pieces of myself together. Um, if they're looking to kind of start to create a statement to guide, to guide this journey, what words would you tell them? I'd say it's twofold. Start to, you have to create some like awareness around what you want. There has to be like a driving force is kind of how I see it. So creating awareness around what you want and what your heart's calling you to. It's that heart desire that really yeah. fuels, you know? Um, and so creating awareness around where your heart is calling you to, and it's not like this big active thing. So you can actually just say like, you know, you can create a statement around, um, please, please, you know, no, okay, it's not please, you know, let's, let's be a, a bit more, you know, let's add a little more oomph to that statement, but, you know, show me the pathway to my heart's desire. If you're going to work with like a very, you know, simple and effective intention from the get-go, um, or if you want to call in a teacher or a healer at this time, you know, please call in, a, you know, call that in, create a statement around that. Um, but the heart space, the heart's desire piece is really important and you can just ask for clarity. So I'm a firm believer. Okay. Let me preface this. I'm a very firm believer in using your intuitive capacity. That's what's driven me this whole time. Um, I, I love the, the practice of following the signs because ultimately the signs show up, you know, it's kind of like a mirror to our heart's desire. 
So start noticing, create awareness around it, and then create a statement around calling in what you want. So, cause you don't have to know what it is yet, but start calling it in. So I love what that. is Creating my desire? space for it. That's right. Yeah. So call in the desire, call in clarity, call in the teacher, whatever it is that calls to you right now, but ask for that first. And for anyone who is kind of new to working with their intuition or new for asking for signs, um, do you have any advice for, for what that kind of, like, what does, what does this process of, of looking for signs look like? And, and I know it can be so simple of just like, like really noticing when other people are, are telling you things, you know, you shared a little bit of that in your story or, or seeing the books that people are recommending or that kind of thing. Like what other kind of tangible um, examples might you be able to offer? Sure. I think it's, there's twofold. It's a bit too, it's twofold. So when you're working with intuition, there's the notion of receptivity and giving yourself permission to be open to it. It's kind of, you have to believe it to see it, right? <laughs> so that's the, the, one, the one side. The other side is starting to notice, you know, what shows up repeatedly. So the receptivity, like if I wasn't as open to receiving gifts, it would have been hard for me to receive a book on the chakras, you know? So that's why the receptivity is so important, but then the noticing. So, oh, like different times on my path, I had different signs show up. So very early on in my journey, it was butterflies everywhere. And it wasn't just like physical butterflies, it was butterflies on the wall but it's not so much about the symbolism per se. It's about dropping in and saying like, what's it calling me to? So you're, you're constantly in that forward motion of uh, I'm listening, where am I going? And if you're working with a statement simultaneously, then it's, it's pretty cool. Now that being, so there's almost like a gamify, it's almost like a bit gamified if that, you know, if that makes sense, you know, cause you're like, oh cool. I saw one, one, one again. But rather than just saying, hi, I saw 111, drop in in that moment and say like, okay, well, well what am I feeling? Like, where do I, you know, what's my heart calling me to? So there's yeah. these opportunities, right? So it's like, okay, you see this thing on repeat. And it's very rare that I don't hear people say, oh yeah, I see that number all the time. Yeah. You know, whether you're working with intuition or not. Oh yeah, I see this thing all the time. I joke around and I say like, whenever I hear... Stevie Nicks play or like Fleetwood Mac, I'm like, that's totally a sign from the universe. Like it could be anything that you calls to you repeatedly. It doesn't have to be this one thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if other people are seeing numbers and you're seeing numbers, like that's cool. Don't worry about it. It could literally be like a song you love or like it doesn't, it, you're not restricted to the things that other people are seeing, but it's being aware of it. Like it could be like I'm sitting in front of water right now and I'm like, oh, if I see the water sparkles every day, this, you know, that could be my sign because it's a call to drop in and to listen to your inner realms and to hear what your heart is telling you. So if you do that and you're working with an intention, you're going to see a ripple happen. So I hope that helps. It's, 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 a, it's an interesting process, but I hope that helps to kind of tune into that that process because it's really quite powerful. Absolutely. And and I think I mean one of the the biggest themes of this podcast so far really has been to be 
tuning in and listening to the heart and really getting curious about those little whispers that are within us and starting to the practice of deep listening to what is happening inside of us. And so I think this is um, another beautiful invitation to do that mm. through through kind of the tools and um, and this journey that you've been on. And I'm just so grateful for you for, for sharing a little bit more about your journey today with everyone. And I'm so grateful for the, the deep listening that you've been doing to like come into a space where, um, where you are letting yourself shine bright because, um, it's such a beautiful gift for this world. So thank you so much, Sherry, for, for being here today. Um, do you have, is there anything else on your heart that you'd like to leave, leave folks with? I just thought I'm very grateful for this opportunity and, of course, I'm available if anybody ever wants to send me a message or they're curious about anything that we've spoken about today and have further questions about connecting to all of these. I threw out a lot of big nuggets today. So. You sure did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I understand that, you know, some people might be a bit, uh, you know, processing. curious and processing. Yeah, it's a lot. I understand. So I'm always here for questions and I just, you know, if, if it helps, you know, if my work connecting to my shine, which is a very, very hard process. And I want people to know that, like, I want people to honor that within themselves. It's a really, really, really hard process. So if they're on that journey or, you know, whatever part of their journey they're in, just that I honor it. And I hope that they can too, and that they're calling in what they need on on their path and I'm always here for them for questions or whatever it might be thanks Sherry and is Instagram the best place for people to find you yes Instagram yeah Sherry Muse on Instagram exactly that's what I go by it was actually a pen name for many years ago but oh, I, love, I yeah. love that oh that's so <laughs> wonderful well thank you so much for being here and um yeah thanks for sharing your light thank you before you go anywhere. We finished this recording up with Sherry and then she told me that she wanted to gift a, a free reading to someone, which is such a beautiful invitation because this episode is actually coming out the day after the fall equinox, such a really powerful time to practice going inward and reconnecting with our path. So I, I asked Sherry to record just a little snippet for me to share with you. It's such a nice time of year to gain some clarity around your journey and your heart's desire and a lot of the things that we've been talking about, the intuitive journey. And so I thought, how nice would it be to enter the season with a reading gift? And the process with me is I read a tarot and oracle and it's meant to reflect, to mirror your soul's journey. There is a link to sign up for the draw for this free reading in the episode description. You've got a week to enter. We'll be drawing a name on September 29th. So go get your entry and you'll have this beautiful opportunity to, to connect to Sherry. 
I actually had my cards read by a professional for the first time a few weeks ago by Sherry. Um, she offered to pull a few cards for me and despite using cards in my own life and with family and friends, um, it was really neat and Sherry is just such a deeply, deeply compassionate guide. So um, I totally recommend signing up for this. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. I, I truly can't wait to connect whenever our paths come together next. And as always, I am wishing you so much heart and wonder in this exploration of yourself and this exploration of this fall season. 